is the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as June. Sun! A podcast about you. What's up, Sandies? Welcome again to another episode of Sand, a podcast about Dune. I'm your co-host, Lance, and I'm here with my other co-host, Molly, or my one co-host, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> This is a whole new negotiation. <laughs> right. How we title ourselves. Yes, the co-hosts. Yes, but I'm yeah. Molly. Hello. We are here to continue our discussion of Children of Dune. I was thinking we should call this season Children of Sand, but maybe it's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I like that. Yeah, we're discussing chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. So we've got a lot to talk about. These are long chapters. Some big, big thoughts. So why don't we go ahead and just dive into some movie talk? Yeah. So we can get on to these big, chunky chapters. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to just do two movies this time. <laughs> it's become so confusing for, well, at least for me at this point. I don't think anyone would notice. <laughs> I know. It's really. <laughs> I don't think we'll get any angry emails. At some point. Just like, shut up. <laughs> Stop <laughs> going over this. <laughs> I don't understand why you guys keep doing this. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of, I I enjoy it. Do you want to go first? Sure. Let's see. So I watched the rest of Devs. I watched all of WandaVision. I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, mm-hmm. uh, Minari, and Sideways. I guess I'll talk about WandaVision. Because okay. I uh, I really liked it. I'm not like a huge Marvel fan, really. Mm-hmm. And so I was sort of avoiding it. But I thought it was great. Like, I loved the whole thing. I loved all the sitcom and, you know, TV spoofs they were doing and for each decade. And then, man, I don't know. It just kept getting, like, more and more interesting. It felt like it all wrapped up so well. And I love... All right, here's a spoiler. I'm going to say spoilers. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I, it's not even that big of a spoiler, but I just love witch, witch stuff. And yeah. I, so everybody was like, oh, this is a show about grief. Like, that's, that's cool. But I think it's more a show about harnessing your own power. You know? mm, okay. Um, because it is very much a Wanda, like, unlocking her entire power through her love, which is the same thing as grief. But mm-hmm. I feel like it... It winds up erring on the side of love. Um, yes. And that that makes her this like ultra, ultra powerful witch. And I'm super, who can like conjure whole worlds. And I'm into yeah. it. It's awesome. Right. Which shouldn't yeah. be that big of a spoiler because most, well, first of all, anyone that's like big into Marvel has watched this. Yeah. But also because most people know that she is the Scarlet Witch. They just mm-hmm. never called her that. For litigious reasons. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, something like DC had had claim over Scarlet Witch. 
and recently. I'll bet it was more that Fox did. Fox, because, yes, okay, thank yeah, you. Because <laughs> she's like considered an X Men. That's that's why yeah. there was that whole like in joke thing. of having Quicksilver from X Men play her brother. <laughs> that got people mad. <laughs> I loved it. But yeah. man, explaining that to my dad was a chore. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I liked that. I thought it was fun. I mean, I love the X-Men. I'm way more an X-Men person than an Avengers mm-hmm. person. But still, I don't know. I didn't get the total anger of people being like, ah, they just trolled us the whole time. Like, this was supposed to be a major crossover event. Oh, that people who thought that are stupid. Uh, people were also mad that there wasn't a huge cameo at I the know. end. Who fucking How, cares? Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was really um, getting into all the commentary about it. People being so wrapped up in their fan theories about what would happen, which I do mm-hmm. get. Fan theories are fun, but like also just enjoy the show. How boring is it when they pan out? When everybody figured out what was going to happen, this is not a spoiler, when everybody figured out what was going to happen in the last season of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I was so bored when it happened. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what happened. Great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all spoiled this for each other. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <awesome>. exactly. <laughs> so dug it, loved, major fun. Cool. All right. Well, I guess I'll ask about Minari because it's a very hyped and talked about buzz movie right now and right. i don't know anything about it no but i want to talk about devs with you <laughs> i want so i want to too but i don't want to spoil it i feel like it's an off mic discussion because okay, it might everything be, but i will say that devs there okay. was a devs like discussion in these chapters okay let's just go ahead and say right now <laughs> spoilers for devs let's let's limit our conversation to two minutes i'll yes. put a i'll put a stopwatch on we'll okay, say good. Two minutes when I say start. Minari and... is beautiful. Everybody should see it. Okay. Beautiful yeah, family. that's what I hear. That's right here. Yeah. I believe you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So spoilers, jump ahead two minutes. If you haven't watched Devs, seriously, it's really good. And yeah. But we're going to probably really spoil it. Okay, starting <laughs> now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it. okay, so first, do you think that it was a pro-determinism or pro-free will show ultimately? Well, that's what I that's what I like about it is that yeah. it doesn't answer that for you. I think yeah. that like that's what's cool about it. I think in the well, it depends on your point of view because it's free will is what broke the system. Uh-huh. Uh, determinism being the path. Mm-hmm. And then free will is what breaks all that. Uh-huh. So is it good that free will broke that? <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think I think Stuart was actually the one who exercised free will. Yes. And it wasn't Lily. I feel like Lily's whole thing was so determined from the beginning. Everything mm-hmm. she did was predictable. Um, yes. But Stuart was the one who understood like the whole, like he made a very active choice to kill Nick Offerman. And he was going to just kill him either way, which I didn't see coming because I didn't see coming in that way. Like when he warns Lily when she's coming in and Mm -hmm. he's kind of like, you don't need to be, you don't need to come through here, but in his very philosophical way. (laughs) And I was like, that's just, of course he would warn her. He's a kind soul, but it's because he knew he'd probably have to kill her too. Yes. Cool. It was cool. Yeah. Um, 
Man, well, we're almost at two minutes. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> All right, we'll do the rest off air. But we'll it's do so the rest good. off air. But there's yeah. a lot of phys- philosophical. I will say there's a lot of philosophical things I would love to talk about with you about yes. that about that show. I think it is uh, very, very, very cool, very cool. And I was glad that they kind of answered what it's like to know the future and still follow it because that was driving me crazy through most of it. Okay, we're at two minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like you mean when uh, what's her name Allison Pill was like this is what this feels like it's weird to do it mm-hmm. yes yeah. yes when they that describe line. it yes mm-hmm. and I was yes. like yes. oh it really does feel different now that it's being acted out it's it was yes. weird yes 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 it was cool. okay 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 <laughs> if you're back watch devs it's great yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay all right I'll read my list mm-hmm. uh, I watched well first of all I watched a lot of those DC animated movies just because I, I found myself not able to pick a movie when I wanted to watch a movie. And mm-hmm. so I just watched a lot of these. And then uh, I watched 24 hour party people, naked gun, 33 to third <laughs> boss level, Spider-Man into the spider verse and the wizard of Oz. Aww. <laughs> I guess I'll talk about boss level just because I feel like it's, you know, a new movie that people mm-hmm. are talking about. It's got Frank Grio. It's a new entry in this trend of making movies that follow the Groundhog Day format where someone has to live there the same day over and over again. Because that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. I think that's what's going on in the air. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, Edge of Tomorrow did this a few years ago to make it into an action movie. But this is like if you made it even stupider. <laughs> Boss level is already a real stupid Oh, yeah. It's called <laughs> boss level. The idea is that like in a video game, you yeah. have to, to defeat the boss. You have to play it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's getting to boss level with his briefcase or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. He's not at <laughs> boss level, right? Because he's so cool. Right. He's bossing. <laughs> yeah. It is very heavy handed in, in trying to be smart about it. Like he at the beginning immediately <laughs> says, I feel like I'm in a video game. No. And you're like, yeah, you don't need to say Shut that, buddy. Up. <laughs> It is really stupid. It's fun. You know, I enjoyed it. A lot of the, like, there's such huge potholes in it. At a certain point, you just let yourself go and just accept that this is a stupid fucking movie. And Does he just end watch up him in, kind like, of fight people. Volcano level with, like, lava all around and, like, <laughs> no. a big, okay. No. <laughs> you mean, like, Mario? Yeah, like, like a, Mario. He's fighting Bowser? Mm-hmm. No, it's not like that. But he does some sword fighting, which is pretty cool. Who's in it? Well, it's... Frank Grio, Mel Gibson is the big baddie. Ooh. I mean, I get it. We canceled him, and he got canceled <laughs> probably too early because because it wasn't like, like a time where canceling someone worked. Right. But <laughs> I will watch him be a shitty guy in movies and enjoy it. I mean, I feel guilty yeah. about letting him continue to have a career. So much but money. And, yeah. He's not an A-lister anymore, that's for sure. He is yeah. a C-lister. I feel like one of his eyes is like... Yeah, just there's something real off about his eyes. He's just like, to me, such a good like creep now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of like his real life kind of feeds into that a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that like puppet thing. Anyway. Oh, and it's also got Naomi Watts. Oh, okay. It's yeah. It's got Naomi Watts, who continues to have her same Naomi Watts haircut that she's had <laughs> yeah. for whatever twenty years, and she looks just a little bit different. So the mm-hmm. whole time I was like, "Who is this like fake Naomi Watts?" <laughs> 
she has a Naomi Watts haircut, but I don't think that's Naomi Watts. And mm-hmm. then I like I was watching it with my girlfriend Naomi, and <laughs> she was like Naomi Watts. No, she was like um... <laughs> my girlfriend Naomi. <laughs> How can it, she be on the screen when she's sitting right next to me? <laughs> but I was like, who is that? I she looks so much like Naomi Watts, and she was like, yeah, that's Naomi Watts. And I had to like look it up to confirm. <laughs> yeah. But it's got Naomi Watts. And Michelle Yeoh has a small part. She's, of course, really cool in anything I see her in. Yeah. And then Will Sasso. Ah! Odd <laughs> casting. <funny. laughs> Weird. Yeah. That's some stunt yeah. casting. It was kind of did, stunt casting for, you know, it's a, it's a lower a budget movie. No, he didn't know. He wasn't doing like Three Stooges stuff. He was like <laughs> Dang it. playing it pretty straightforward. It's, you know, it, it's, it's fun. I would say yeah. it's a bad movie. I would okay. not say it's a good movie, but it was fun. <laughs> I guess I'll just go ahead and ask, well, maybe Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, this is my third time to watch it. I watched it because my dad got a new giant 4K HDR TV set. Oh, cool. Sweet. And I was excited to, like, show him, you know, how far you could push it. (laughs) Let's really take this baby for a test ride. (laughs) Yeah. I brought my 4K Blu-ray player to his house (laughs) (laughs) and we watched uh spider-man into the spider-verse and uh because my dad hadn't seen it i couldn't tell how much he liked it but anyway (laughs) i love that movie i think it's the best honestly the like the best marvel movie to come out in the past like 10 years i think that it's just like it's just fresh and new and doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it has to play by like the marvel movie rules and it's just as funny as it is like exciting mm-hmm. like it's just like it's a cool story plus there's you know spider ham yes it's super super silly and super fun and uh, the music is great like both like the, the like the score plus mm-hmm. i really like the needle drops i like the, the you know the songs in the movie and the colors are just am- the animation is so good the colors are just so incredible and I like even watching this the third time, I still like at the exciting part, still got like super excited. Have you seen yes. it? Yes, yes, yes. I saw it in theaters, okay. but it was just when it came out. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see it again because I remember, yeah, it's just there were so many different elements now that you're mentioning them, but each of them worked really well and like made it so dynamic. Like I loved the central story, but then this like Spider Verse business is yeah. so crazy and fun. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it just did so much with animation that made superhero stuff way cooler. Exactly, yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, you're not bound by everything looking so super fake. Yeah. Yeah. It was a br- And it's like a brand new animation style. It just looks mm-hmm. just looks super cool. It's so much that it like it's kind of jarring at first, but you get so sucked into it that it just becomes this like new cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, remember really liking all the characters too. Yes, and it is one of the few animated movies where every time a new character showed up, I wasn't like, okay, who's voicing them and get distracted from the movie because I'm trying to figure out who's voicing him. Mm-hmm. I'm just like into the movie and then later I'm like, oh yeah, that was Nick Cage. Wow. <laughs> nice. I know, I love that. You're, like, because you always think like animated movies are sort of dusty in the corner and like they're all like weird B-movie, you know, no, mm-hmm. people you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's fun to be like, oh, they're here. What a warm party. Like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see Wolfwalkers? Wolfwalkers. That sounds good. I like the, I like the sound of it. Oh, it is so good. I loved it. But Is yeah. it animated? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to watch it. 
Yeah, that sounds great. It's awesome. Okay, maybe we'll talk about it next episode. Okay, cool. All right, should we dive into the dunes? Yes, I'm intimidated. <laughs> yeah, I know. I will say for the listener, I've, yes. I've been at my parents' house for a week, and I started reading these chapters before I went, and then a couple of the chapters while I was there. And the chapters I read before I went, I have kind of forgotten a mm-hmm. lot about because I just got back last night. I'm not going to be as prepared as I normally am for this discussion. And these were some dense chapters. Yeah, I think we'll just have to say we're, we're just going to do our best. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I know that we're going to miss shit in this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're going to say really stupid things. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> this is a good clarify. time to mention. You can <laughs> yeah. absolutely email us at sandapodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We accept corrections. Be nice about it. But if you Educate have... Educate our dumb asses. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. If we're absolutely wrong about something, we welcome you to tell us. <laughs> yeah, totally. For real. Okay, in this first chapter, we're right in with Ganima and Leto having a discussion. Mm-hmm. A little argument about... Whether or not they should happen. do this, yeah. Yeah, do this. Yeah. Always good to start a chapter with, are you sure we should do this? This is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's just like good chapter writing 101. Yeah, and what this is, is they lock themselves up and get in touch with their ancestors and specifically their parents. Yeah, their parents, which is so weird. I mean, we really get into a lot of incest levels in this. But this was the most, like, directly incestuous. Well, because they Um, talk about incest in this chapter. (laughs) They they talk about incest for sure, but just the fact that they're embodying their parents. Who are in love with each other. Their mother and father who had Uh to have sex in order to have Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the first place. Mm -hmm. So obviously, like, they're not related. Chani and Paul. But Ghani and Leto obviously are. Well, it didn't like get it, too hot, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I honestly, when they started, when it was Paul and Johnny kind of in their heads, I was, like, worried. I was like, are these mm-hmm. kids going to start making out? Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't they, honestly? like, the Well, second... because they know it's their children, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Paul wouldn't be like, oh, let me kiss my daughter. <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just so horned up that we mostly see the discussion that Leto has with Paul. That's that's what we're mostly yeah, invited into. True. Paul tells Leto that the Baron has control of Aaliyah and Leto kind of invites him to take over. Yeah. And that's where Paul kind of explains what the abomination is. It, and it's abomination no matter who no matter. takes over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's abomination either way. It's no good. Because I guess it's necromancy. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like giving in and giving control over. Well, it, we'll get into it in another chapter, but it, it's a way to extend life. Totally. Well, yeah. that's like, yeah, you're like using another meat sack, as they like to <laughs> yes. say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we also kind of forget that at the beginning, they're speaking in their little t- twin language. I was going to bring that up, yeah, yeah. which we, mm-hmm. we discover is ancient Egyptian. Pretty cool. Yeah, and like a, a fun little little way to reveal that they say the Isis is the god of the people whose language they are speaking. Ooh, a, a riddle itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny that, yeah, they have to speak in this language which i was listening to the audiobook so it was 
fun to hear him pronounce it. And then the translation is not clear at all. Yes. <laughs> it's another riddle. So yes. Like to the reader, I'm like, well, that doesn't totally help <laughs> 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 me. Yes. <laughs> Your translation of this. I wonder if it is an actual translation. I mean, he says it's ancient Egyptian and we like, b- because of the Rosetta Stone, we have access to translations of, mm-hmm. of that the language. Alien, the aliens gave it to us. <laughs> yeah, the aliens gave us the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Which now they are aliens to us, so pretty cool, actually. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> because they're on Dune, they're not on Earth. Oh, right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they could be aliens. You know, they could have sent the Rosetta Stone back through an abomination type. <laughs> uh, maybe this will have a stupid ending like Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, so Leto retreats pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, yeah, Paul. Paul, Paul retreats from Leto pretty quickly. He's kind of freaking out. He says, absolutely not. Like, I'm tempted. He did seem a little tempted. Yeah, there's also suggestion that it's harder for women to yes. resist. Which, okay. Because they, well, he says because they have weaker, weaker souls. (laughs) (laughs) He said, yep, women have weaker senses of self and no strong will. (laughs) So they are often, but I felt like when I read that, I was like, obviously like, Um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I feel like all his women characters like have more distinction in a certain way than a lot of the male characters. Then we see that, well, we, we get a conversation between Chani and, and Paul. They do get to talk to each other for a little while. And then Paul retreats and Chani kind of wants to hang out. She wants to stay a little bit longer. She just keeps going, no, no, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I won't leave. And then Paul or Leto keeps having to just say, leave, yeah. leave, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's creepy. And and Leto essentially just like lets her know like Paul will hate you. Don't do this. Why does she want to? Well, she's a weak woman. <laughs> she's a weak woman. They both can't resist doing something they don't even have any interest in doing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I think she she wants Paul to come back and she wants them to kind of live, live together in, in an incestuous relationship between their children. <laughs> yeah, she was into it. <laughs> yeah. Johnny uh, well, is kind of like that, though. She's very practical. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> She's sort of not squeamish about stuff like that. Any port in a storm. And, <laughs> but I, I think it's the temptation of eternal life, of like being able to live beyond death, right? Like that's what mm-hmm. it kind of feels like. Well, Paul says it's the draw for power. So I think that's important that like the desire to become an abomination, that's not exactly Paul. It's more like a pull for power. Mm yeah like it's not in because it's still leto's it's in the memory of paul and what's propelling like the baron into Aaliyah isn't the baron's choice maybe but like this like desire to regain power yeah and also so chani never like did a spice trance she never like oh she did kiss him oh she did by the way I, yeah, because <laughs> Leto what? turned his head, stared into Ganima's eyes, which glistened in the bright moonlight. He saw Chani looking back at him. Mother, he said, you must withdraw. Oh, the temptation, she said, and kissed him. But at that point, he's her son. He's not even Paul. He's not <laughs> Paul. She must be, she meant like like a motherly kiss, right? 
I don't know the word temptation. He oh, says yeah. he pushed her away. Sounds like she was open mouth. Oh tonguing. wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we were warned these books get hornier. <laughs> I'm ready. It's fine. <laughs> They've been pretty pretty chaste. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I totally forgot that or maybe I blocked it out of my memory. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing. Johnny yeah. is such a weirdo. Yeah. In this. Yeah. For wanting to just kiss her son because he was at one point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, Mom! <laughs> mom and yeah. sister. Like, my mom and my sister are Ew, after as me. Your sister. Yeah. yeah. Your mother has your sister. Yeah. What and a you're fucking nine. nightmare. <laughs> I would never get over it. Eventually, Chani does leave. They kind of mention how Chani can't come back now. Like, there's no way that Chani would try to take over Ganima now that she has resisted the temptation. There's not mm. a chance of her, like, you know, trying to take over her again. But that's weird. I don't understand. That just seems like a pretty random rule. <laughs> it seems like once you have the taste of that, Sun tongue. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to try and get back any way you can. It felt like a narrative device to me. It was just like, yeah. don't yeah. worry, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> like, that kind <laughs> yeah, of we're not going to just have Chani like clawing her way back the whole time. I'm happy with it. It's fine. So they snap out of their little trance and Leto is like, well, we should have done that. I'm so sorry. And Ganema is like, don't apologize. We got mm. the information that we need. And Leto is like, okay, let's go to bed and talk about this tomorrow. And Ganema's the one that's like, no, we need to talk about it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and they realize that a full day has passed, right? <laughs> well, we realize that later too. And Jessica's like, the freaking twins have been sitting vigil <laughs> yeah. all day and night yeah. in this sitch. And they're yeah. like muttering to each other and their eyes are like all white. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> They're in a pure beam of light. And she's like, it's disturbing. So then they talk about what they learned. Uh, yeah, he says, your damned golden path. <laughs> yeah. They're worried about Jessica returning to the Bene Gesserit ways and how the Bene Gesserit wants the Quetzet Satirac genes and how they're likely to want them to mate. Right. And Leto is like disgusted by it. <laughs> just, that repulses me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I get it. They're brother and sister. It is repulsing. I'm glad he said it. Yeah, he was like, absolutely not. That's disgusting. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> part of me is also like, well, hold on. Hell, I don't know. I know, I mean, if like you're, I don't have a sister, but it seems like a part of you would just be like, do you want to feel like someone is that revolted by you? I think so. Okay. I think it's a healthy mechanism in the okay. body. To okay, be like good. Really okay. Gross. What? Okay. okay. Good. <laughs> you went I would be relieved. Plants. I would. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's an an opening in your mind. <laughs> no, no. It's not like I would be like, oh, part you of me wants impolite? to. No, I I just think it's you like should, you think he should be like, Gani, you're so fucking hot. Like, <laughs> in a second, <laughs> your body, mm, like I or just like, watch hey, you're pr you're pretty and all, but anybody and i understand i am grossed out by the idea of incest uh, being involved yeah, in like incest. imagine your own brother you're right you're right i would immediately throw up and i would want my brother to throw up. <laughs> i'd want to die yeah you're right you're right you're absolutely right yeah. i don't know it's just like i was just imagining someone being like they want me to have sex with you and then immediately being like Bleh! like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's your sibling. You're absolutely not right. Because, you're absolutely I don't right. think they'd no. be like, oh, like hurt. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Oh, now people are going to think I'm into incest. 
<laughs> I think that. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do think that it would have been a much easier way for them if they just gave into it. Oh, weird. <laughs> okay. Now I think you're into incest. I don't know. They just keep teasing it. So they just, at this point, decide on the golden path. Okay, but can you kind of explain what they've decided on? I was kind of hoping you could. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I know. (laughs) Also, why it means that one of them has to die. Right. And then how it could be symbolically. It sounds like they're kind of teasing one of their deaths and it being like, well, it could be symbolic, which means they don't really die, which I'm just like, well, what does this mean? And that it's just what, a do you strange... just like use a little acorn as you, as you and stop? <laughs> this <on> is it? <laughs> you. Uh... Well, we'll have, we'll have a bunch of people uh, write us in, hopefully. Please. Please don't explain this. <laughs> Alex, if you're there, explain it to me. And then Ganama starts getting suspicious of Leto, thinking mm-hmm. he's hiding something, which clearly yeah. he is. It would be a less interesting book if he wasn't. And then she remembers this crazy dream that Leto has about the golden path. And do you remember this dream? No, not really. He's the sunlight. Oh, yes. Okay. He is literally yes, the sun. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's the sun. And then he leaves himself turns around and sees that he was a stick figure (laughs) holding a scepter. (laughs) And then he realizes he's encased in armor and nearly invincible. (laughs) For this armor gives me the strength of a thousand men. (laughs) I am, man, once we were done with this book, we're going to watch the the miniseries, and man, I'm hoping we see this dream in that miniseries. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the golden path. (laughs) Man, I was like trying real hard to try to like kind of interpret this dream and be like, well, what's it mean? Okay, well, he's the sun, which is, you know, to me seems like... That to me seems way more invincible than a guy in armor with the sword. Well, I was thinking he's the sun as in like S-O-N, like he's the son of Paul... That's kind of what that was. And then when he turns around and sees a stick figure with a scepter, it seems like... (laughs) 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 Why a stick figure? Well, that's what I was thinking, that he realizes that this power is just a figure. It's not a person. It's just a symbol. Because it's got a scepter like a king, right? Like So I feel like it means it's a symbol... It's not an actual person that's, that's driving this. It's just a symbol. He's been knighted. Yes. <laughs> by the sun. Okay. Maybe? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the golden path is like, you know. The, the beam of sunlight? Shines. Yeah. Beam yeah. of sunlight. And like, what's and up it... with the armor? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just fucking cool. <laughs> I just love it that he's just like, I've got the strongest sword in all of the universe. <laughs> turns around and there i am bulked up <laughs> but he's a i maybe it's like a hieroglyphic or something it's like supposed oh. to be like a cave drawing it yeah it's better than a stick figure on like a piece of paper yeah i was trying to imagine it i was like how does he see a stick figure is his dream two-dimensional yeah it sounds like it 
Sounds yeah. like there's like a hand that like creases out a piece of paper and then draws the stick. Like paper. In that Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. And then they kind of start philosophizing and Leto believes that they've avoided the trap of abomination because they have been remaining in contact with their ancestral voices Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of blocking them out, which is what Aaliyah was Mm -hmm. trying to do. So it's kind of like the reed bends to the wind kind of thing. The what? The reed bends to the wind. You know that saying? Mm -hmm. In a windstorm, a a tree will snap, but Mm -hmm. a reed kind of bends to the wind, and so it snaps back when when the wind is done blowing. And then he hints at a trial of possession, but he believes mm-hmm. that they will persevere, that they'll come and out the like, other side. she's like, you've never mentioned the trial of possession. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> why would he? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> what is this? Well, I mean, why? I don't, like, their relationship is so weird anyway. Like, they're such bizarre <laughs> yeah, people. you never mentioned, what do you mean? Can't you guys kind of read each other's minds and right. have, like, mil- why would he need to? <laughs> right. Did you have anything more about that super long chapter? Okay, so the choice that they have is just that they're going to kill Leah. Yes, I think so. And they're going to use Jessica somehow. I guess to be their sway, like they want to join with Jessica, but not in the Benny Gesserit way of having to procreate, copulate, mm-hmm. right. hump. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the worst word. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> It totally ends with, that's the thing we left off, it totally ends with him being like, so we agree on the plan, wink, wink, like that mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, we've got a plan, the book isn't going to tell us what the plan is, it's right? because we want to watch the plan happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. I keep being like, am I missing something or is this uh, a cliffhanger? Yeah, I think it's like, it's meant to be like, you know, like in a movie, you don't want them to describe the plan and then just do the plan. It's no fun mm-hmm. to like... Watch them do what they just described. Okay, the other thing is that they said, does Duncan show any signs of growing horns? And the horns are mentioned later, too. Like becoming evil? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think so. Right? Like horn, yeah, like totally. devil horns? But yes, this is kind of new to me, and I'm curious about it. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't really realize that Duncan could just turn evil and grow horns. Yeah. <laughs> people are scared of. Well, it's Might be a Gola thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're hinting at something like that. I mean, we're, we're going to hear mo- a little bit more about Duncan in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that we still have yet to see Duncan in this book. But we get weird. a lot of talk about him. We haven't seen I'm him yet. I'm ready to see him. It's possible once we see him, he's got horns. All right. So that brings us to the next chapter, 14. And we've got Faradin talking to, I forget how they... Chakanik. Chakanik. Ta- I think it's Taka... Yeah, Chakanik. Because they call him... Ta- Wait, is it Tyekanik? It's Tyekanik, right? Because at mm-hmm. one point they call him Tyek yeah. or Tech, or maybe they say Tech. But I thought he kept saying Chekanik. That might be right. So Prince Faradin, who isn't like the way they were talking about him, I kind of was like expecting this just total simp. Like I just me too. Was, I was yeah. excited for that. <laughs> yeah, this guy seems like just a normal dude. Yeah, at <laughs> least he's questioning whether or not he wants to be an emperor. It does feel like it's a real flimsy plan. Yes. Right now. <laughs> like, if the plan is to get him to somehow become indoctrinated, yes. he did not seem easily indoctrinated. I like, I don't know. I think he did. Cause, really? Like, okay. All it took was Taikanik kind of just being like, 
hey, uh, your mom doesn't like this religion. You should get into it. And then him being like, like, really? "Hmm, Oh, yeah, mom doesn't like it. Okay, maybe I'll... uh, I know, but right at the beginning, he's like, "Uh, Taconic, why are you here, by the way? You usually are on an errand for my mom right Right. now. And he was like, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, no, I'm doing something your mom actually wouldn't like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's like, like, are you into Muad'Dib's religion because my mom told you to do it? Takinik plays kind of a little bit of of a mind game with Farad and... This religion, the way they talk about it, feels very QAnon. It feels like mm-hmm. this, like whole, like look into it. Like you'll find some really interesting things there. Like you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's really think outside the boxy. Like it's real edgy. You'll be really into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, yeah, it's kind of important that you just follow the clues and right. see where they yes. lead. Because yeah. that's exactly you're how he's kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that's kind of. He's like, look in, just check it out. You'll be really interested. Well, even the way they do this when he brings in the preacher and it's dream interpretation, which mm-hmm. is such a fluffy, <laughs> you know, you're going to get kind of excited by someone doing dream interpretation. And yes. then he doesn't even interpret his oh, dreams. Yeah. So well, that's anno- yeah. annoying. <laughs> anyway, we're that's skipping ahead. Well, no, that's pretty much where we are is that yeah. he, he, he brings in the, the preacher. It's oh, clearly the preacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to do dream interpretation. And he's got this... <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> are, are you talking about the fact that he's got the bandage around his face? Oh, well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's got the band- this bandage around his face that he he's like... It feels like such a silly thing to, to lie about. He's like, no, this gives me sight. It's this uh, special band-aid that gives me <laughs> sight. Actually, my whole face is now an eye. Yeah, which is a cool <laughs> concept. But I love yeah. that he's like inside. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a piece of fabric, and like, it's like maybe a little shimmery or something. Every time we meet this preacher, it feels like Frank Herbert's just being more and more like, this is clearly Paul. Like, <laughs> it's obviously you, Paul. Yeah, this is so obviously Paul. And everybody is like, is is this Paul? <laughs> That, yeah. I mean, it is Paul. Yeah, he comes in, tells him that he wants him to, <laughs> his, to interpret his dream. <laughs> tells him this dream. And then he's like, all right, thanks. And they're like, aren't you going to interpret it? And he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> in my I head. I never told you I'd tell you what my interpretation was. Such a little kid, like, playground yes. game to play with someone. Yes. Like, I would just, like, box that kid's ears. <laughs> It's hilarious. Like, oh, 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 that's where you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's, they're like, wait, are you serious? You're really not going to tell me? Why? <laughs> right. And it turns out that he's like, you, you won't get it. Like, you'll think yeah. it means something else. And you don't understand the meaning of it. And then we find out that, like, this was all part of a deal that he made with Taikanik, right. which was... Right. You let me come here and listen to this kid's dream, and I'll bring you Duncan Idaho, Duncan, yeah. and we'll turn him over to House Carino. Yeah, so that did, I mean, I had to, like, really, really sit on that for a second, because Faraday thought he was getting a little present, I guess. Or I also thought, oh, this is to convince Faraday to join into this religion. So that's why I was like, well, that's a dud. Like, <laughs> they just bring this guy here, and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. I like how Taikanik at first is like pissed off that he won't yeah. share the dream. And then, and then he's, he's like, like, oh, yeah, I made this deal. <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, 
I'm very impressed by you. Why don't you work for us? Yeah. <laughs> like, what a yeah. weird turnaround. <laughs> what do you think it means that this whole mask is a single eye? I think it means two things. I think it means that, like, so we're assuming this is Paul. That mm-hmm. Paul is able to once again see with his abilities. So it would mean, since it's all in his mind, it would mean that his entire face is an, is an eye, right? Like, he doesn't have eyes. He just sees. Right, 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 right. So I think that's what that's what that that's what that kind of means. And I think they're just kind of like making fake tech to to give the preacher an excuse to be able to see. Otherwise, they'll be like, oh, he can see even though he's blind. There's something up with that, which we get to in the fourth chapter. We get to why he's doing Mm -hmm. that. It is cool. It does sound like a pretty fabric as well. So the dream itself is Mm -hmm. that Theridan, there's water flowing upward in the well. Mm-hmm. The worlds, which were atoms dancing in his head, mm-hmm. about the snake, which transformed into a sandworm and exploded in a cloud of dust. Telling mm-hmm. about the snake, the snake required more effort, and a terrible reluctance inhibited him, and this made him angry as he spoke. So that's what we get. Yeah. What I want to know is why the preacher needed to seek out this dream so bad. Like, what totally. is it? You know, assuming he doesn't have the prescience that he used to have, if it's Paul. He feels that Faradin has some kind of prescience that he's unaware of. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Because of what he's witnessed. Okay, this is a guess, an absolute guess. So assuming the preacher has doesn't have prescience anymore or access mm-hmm. to prescience anymore, he wants to find out what the bad guy's plan is. Faradin has been witness to the plans, but not an active participant. So what he's witnessed uh. will be absorbed ah, and expressed in his dreams yes, yes 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 smart tricky yeah that could be absolutely wrong uh, no i think that's <laughs> that feels very logical like it feels like a good way to try and get information out of somebody when they don't realize that you're getting information out of them mm-hmm. like yeah inception inception <laughs> oh cool yes okay exactly <laughs> yes yeah, so that's interesting. I don't really know what I would take from this. Well, the well the well filling up is like the water on Arrakis, mm-hmm. right? Getting too much water. We do know that the House Carino plans on creating their own spice. And actually, that made me think... Sorry, this is one mm-hmm. little tangent. But that made me think when they were like really excited about making their own spice, just how um, that would probably not really get them a lot of money. It made me think, why wouldn't they just criminalize spice? And it, mm. I was like, uh, and because Seleucia Secundus is a prison planet. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what we did in America. Yeah. And they make a lot more money doing it that way than selling weed or selling whatever. So Right. So I wonder if the snake turning into the worm is essentially like, and I don't know exactly what the snake would represent, but is Seleucia Secundus being able to create... Yeah, it's like a fake worm. Yeah, create the worm, but it kind of destroys the worm and kills off the spice. Like the the worm will completely disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Then the preacher decides to give some advice to Faradin, which kind of almost sounds like the butterfly effect kind of thing. Like he's like, (laughs) you know, it's nothing Mm -hmm. intentional that makes power shift. It's these little things. And he lists all these like little things that could make power shift. 
and one of them is clothing. And then Faradin's yeah. like, oh, he's mentioning this because of my mom's plan. How does he know about my mom's plan? Mm-hmm. Which, again, makes me go like, well, how does he know about it if he's here to steal and how information he about there? it? Unless oh, they brought him there. Unless okay. he interpreted the dream, and now that's why he knows about this plan. But how would he know about the clothing that's so specific? I don't know. Maybe this dream is like a key to a lot more information, like very specific information. Yes, I am excited to see how the dream plays out. Yes, me too. Um, Because I'm sure it will. I do think he is definitely tricking him with the advice. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it works. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. He's like in in the throes of his, his... glory yeah and him getting obsessed over this clothing thing totally distracts him from the dream thing and he's Mm -hmm. like yeah the dream probably meant nothing what a silly guy (laughs) (laughs) he's just trading like an all like a very powerful figure (laughs) to an universe yeah it's just kind of a weirdo (laughs) yeah what a weird guy oh that dream probably means nothing (laughs) yeah he does just say he kind of shrugs and says why not (laughs) yeah okay sure what the hell what the hell? Here's my dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, he just says that the prince had a weakness. Oh, yeah. That's actually very important because his weakness mm-hmm. is that he doesn't know why he wants power or what he'll do mm-hmm. with it. He just knows that he could have power, which I thought was like pretty cool, pretty accurate description of power, like how it's very dangerous to want power, uh-huh. but not know, know why, why or what you want to do with it. Which was a good question for Paul. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, he reflects on himself a lot. I feel like that's what the preacher kind of represents is this version yeah. of Paul that like reflects on his, the old version of Paul. Yeah. It's a total mirror image. Yeah. In a way. Even though he's, as I said before, he's still a little power hungry little rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's still playing these games. Like he's. I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> He's not he's not just like just wandering in the desert and preaching heresy. He's like mm-hmm. going to another planet, making some deals. <laughs> After his old ducal tricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also he says that it would be good if he had some training, which is another Paul situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just that he has all these things at his disposal, but he lacks skills and training and discipline. Oh, which brings me to a theory I had mm. popped in my head earlier today, which is that Paul somehow recognizes that Faradin is in fact going to be the successor to the to the throne and that he is trying to, in this moment of doubt, while he doesn't know exactly what he's doing, Paul is trying to kind of like take his hand and lead him to being a good emperor somehow mm. and like inject his like beliefs into him so that he will not follow his like mom's evil plan and instead be a benevolent ruler or whatever. <laughs> okay. I don't know, Paul, that's still a lot of ego. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. Well, cause he's he... still emperor Palpatine. <laughs> well, it's him doing almost exactly what the Baron's doing with Aaliyah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you know, look, step aside <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you're doing like, yeah 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 listen to me and there yeah it is another paul v barons right showdown all right that brings us to the next chapter 15 this is leto talking to jessica this is another one i will admit i should read again because yes. there's a lot of talk there's a oh lot my of talk God. here. And it's a lot of going around in circles, which also after the preacher one where he just has those guys running in circles, I was like, oh, God, can 
either Paul or Leto just fucking spit it out. Like, you guys are so annoying. (laughs) Yeah, and there's just a lot of, like, mind games in it because it's, Mm -hmm. it's Leto. He's clearly trying to trick Jessica, but he has to do it in a way that she doesn't pick up on the fact that he's tricking her. So he shows, he kind of alpha dogs her and, you know, fires back. He kisses her at one point, doesn't she? Doesn't he? Does he? I'm pretty sure he does. At least, oh, he what? said. <laughs> never mind. He said. Oh, he has access. Oh, that to, was he, the Duke. Yeah. Yes, he has access the to the Duke, said, and uh-huh. yeah, that's right. That's right. That he needs to kiss her lips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he does. Say, he's the one that says it, right? He's the mm-hmm. one that says your Duke would say this. He's proving that he has access to her. Her hot ex. <laughs> yeah, her hot ex who would turn this moment into a, a bit of a teaching lesson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So now there's some weird energy between this grandmother and her <laughs> grandchild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's he's just kind of like turning Benny Gesserit sayings around on her. He's kind of trying to prove that he has a better understanding of himself and his abilities than her. And mm-hmm. she I mean he's almost like gaslighting her. He is because he, he even is. he's yeah. like, why do you? Yeah, why are you so obsessed with abominations? Like, what's yeah. you're prattling on? It was like, yes, that's right. She latches onto that prattling on too. Yeah, yeah, prattle. Yeah, and he convinces her that Aaliyah is going to kidnap her and blame House Carino, which is classic, classic like subterfuge, <laughs> like <laughs> like spy plot. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he tells her she shouldn't trust the Bene Gesserit. He tells her they're going to blackmail her. Right. How are they going to blackmail her? With the knowledge that she has Harkonnen bloodline. Because... Right. It's weird because they... How could they not know? Well, they do know. And that's what Leto points out is that he's like, of course they know. They did it. They selective breeded you. Like, they Mm -hmm. made this happen on purpose. So I'm not saying how did they not know. I'm saying how did she not know they would obviously know. Yeah, that's what the blackmail thing barely landed. I was like, it doesn't seem like he is really even blackmailing you. Oh, but she assumes that. She's just like, yeah, he's like, no, they already know. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, he's saying that they they know about her Harkonnen bloodline and that they will reveal it if Mm -hmm. she doesn't do what they say. But I'm like, oh, at yeah. this point, big who whoop. Who cares? Yeah. Big whoop. Yeah. <laughs> Harkin who? And like, what's the big deal? There's only a few very powerful families that we've met in this universe. Is it so shocking that she would have like some bloodline from them? It's weird. It's like she's the mother of the Messiah. Like she is the mother <laughs> yeah. of Christ. And what if they just like, at one point they revealed that one time Mary hooked up with Judas. Like... <laughs> he's she's still Mary and he's still Jesus. I don't think people are gonna be like, Whoa, this changes everything. We're we're denying this religion for sure. Well and Judas is an, a very important part of the religion, the whole gospel anyway, and so the mm-hmm. Harkonnen thing is obviously very important to the the next step towards the Quidset Sadarak. Like right. he was he's his grandfather. In fact, yeah. it reflects worse on the Bene Gesserit because people would find out, oh, the Bene Gesserit Y'all intentionally. Chose this guy? Yeah. 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 And then he starts talking about 
extending his and Ganima's lives. And that's where Jessica points out that Olia seems to already be doing this because she doesn't seem to have aged. And then Leto's kind of like, yeah, but I'm going even further. I'm Mm going to be able to live thousands of years, which just seems like a... Unless it's just like foreshadowing. I just don't really get what he's getting on about But I thought he was just saying that he's already millions of years old. He is saying that, but then he's talking about extending his lives. And I I don't know if Mm -hmm. he means like through possession or just through this ancestral continuation. Oh, we will no longer be our original selves. Right. Somehow by using all of time, they like concentrate it in one form. Oh, that's right. He does that weird part where he tries to explain it all to Jessica. Yes. And it's the weird, it's like the weirdest. They're both so annoying. And he's like, you shouldn't understand that. It's meaningless. (laughs) Those words explain nothing. And he says, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's such stoner logic of like some stoner trying to explain some philosophical thing to you and it not making any sense. And then he's like, exactly, man. It's like, check this out, check this out. I gotta tell somebody this. Because yeah. I get it now, and I feel, I know it. <laughs> we are the same as the fruit we eat. <laughs> yeah. Watch my hand. I'm surfing, okay? <laughs> first he says, as to time, there is no difference between 10,000 years and one year. That is the first fact about time. And the second fact, the entire universe with all its time is within me. And then he says... All right, I'll explain it another way. We go forward, we come back. <laughs> That's the part that doesn't... <laughs> we go forward, we come back. Here's what I'm wondering, if this is going to be kind of like a uh, an expanded Slaughterhouse 5 kind of thing where he becomes unstuck. Because that's kind of what happened to Paul. Yeah, he yeah, becomes yeah. unstuck in time. That's what he, I think too. Yeah, uh-huh. but, but not just within his life, but within yeah. all the lives. So does that mean they're at end time? No, he's no, but saying, he can go forward. Yes, he's saying that, and not just to his life, like Paul was doing, exactly, but to beyond his life through every ancestor until <laughs> the end time. Yeah, and just live like within a big that ping hall. pong or ping ball pinball yeah. machine. He he can go down this long hall of all his ancestors and go into any door mm-hmm. and live in any lifetime. Yeah, and just like in his mind, he already is in all those rooms. And is he? I don't think so. At no, least, I think he's. I think bluffing. he's thinking he. Yes, he's. This may be part of his bluff because it sounds like this. What he's talking about would require a spice trance, which he does not want to do. I also just real quick. This is an aside, but I did want to call out the line last night. Ghani and I played the mother father roles almost to our destruction, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds real gross. <laughs> I fucking wrecked her ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, ew. Gross. Do not tell your grandma about this. (laughs) Yeah. To be honest, I'm still not entirely sure what Leto's goal is. Right. His end goal. Is right. it just to save he and Ghani, or is it based on dreams he's having and this like terrible purpose sort of thing propelling him forward? Well, I mean, it's just like Paul, right? Like we knew yeah. that Paul had a plan. We knew what that he knew what the golden path was, but we don't really get to learn what the plan was until. <laughs> <the end. laughs> 
still don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of freaks her out by proving that she doesn't have as much control over her sense of self, I guess. And <laughs> she, he tells her that she needs to go along with this kidnapping plot. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sucks. Which is weird. Yeah, this is weird. Like, he t- just tells her, like, yeah, go ahead and go along with it because so we can see what happens. We've got we've got a betting pool going. Like, yeah, I really I'm really hoping to score. <laughs> and then he leaves her room. Well, first they guess oh, yeah. about Paul again. Oh yes, where they talk about whether or not he's the preacher, right? Yeah, but even if he is the preacher, he might not like the preacher might not look like Paul at all. Mm-hmm. Like it might literally not be Paul. Right. Paul's body. Yeah, that's right. They do they do talk about that, and then he leaves the room. And sees Ganima and he says, it worked. Which is like, she bought it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose this whole chapter is just breaking down her defenses. Yeah, him like gaslighting her. Gaslighting her, manipulating her. Yes. (laughs) And it's just showing his ability to do that and to show that they have a plan. And that plan involves manipulating Jessica. Yeah, because at the very end, he's very clear. He's just like, you will allow yourself to be abducted. Yes. All right. So that brings us to the next chapter, chapter 16, which I'm at this point, I'm out of notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this one, again, is just like another real twisty turn in a way. It wasn't quite as like back and forth, like head bang against the wall logic. But I don't know. It's also just kind of a lot. Yeah, I liked how this chapter was split in two. We kind of start mm-hmm. with the preacher and from more his point of view. And this is where we get even more, more Paul clues. Let the myth grow, but keep doubts alive. That's exactly. He's keeping <laughs> yeah. doubts alive. That's why he doesn't want people to know he can see. So mm-hmm. that's why he has Asan Tariq, who that's the kid that, that murdered all those guys. And, her, and his dad <laughs> is like, man we now. Yeah. His dad told him that the preacher can't know about it. Which, wouldn't the preacher be into it? Into it? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, kill them all. (laughs) Yeah, good word. Trick me, trick me. (laughs) Yeah, well, just in the heresy of it. Oh. Because it does seem to be going back to Fremen tradition rather than the Mahdi religion. Yeah, but it's an ancient Furman tradition, right? Like it's it's right. it's like a fundamentalist kind of real murdery kind of thing. We're like they're, <laughs> you know, they're just capturing and killing tourists. Right, and they think that they will it's for eternal life situation. Yes. And like it's your next life. Yeah. It's very religious itself. And it's revenge for something and possibly an atrocity that happened in this sitch. So, yeah, he's trying to let the myth grow, but keep doubts alive. And he's keeping these doubts alive by having this kid lead him around. And that's where he reveals that that bandage was just a bandage and uh-huh. it wasn't, <laughs> didn't really help anything. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't an Ixian artifact at all. And Aaliyah is like watching him through a little slit yes. in a doorway. <laughs> yeah, we have kind of like a cut to Aaliyah. Mm-hmm watching this spy hole yeah (laughs) and she's got a little button where she can listen to what's going on down there that's cool yeah (laughs) okay that's convenient yeah Yeah. so this moment where ali is watching the preacher 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Aaliyah is trying to hide her thoughts about Paul from the Baron. Like she's trying not to have very specific thoughts because she knows the Baron has access Mm -hmm. to them. That makes total sense. Like the way it's written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we'll get a turn. Like if Aaliyah will be able to prove that she can beat the possession. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Rock and roll! I love that. Well, because it says that he drops his veil and had no protection on his face. Mm -hmm. So she sees his face. Oh, good point. But she doesn't say anything about it. No, No, she doesn't say anything. His back is to her. No, it says his face lay open to the sunlight and the the heat shiverings. To the sunlight. When we cut to Aaliyah. I think it implies that his face is totally exposed. Well, they are saying that his his face is totally. See, yeah, Aaliyah studied the preacher's back. I think she can't see his face. But this is farther down. Like this is almost at the end of the little paragraph for like this section. At any rate, I wonder, I think that kind of feels, I just going off of your theory that she's Mm. seeing, she's observing things, but not making any conclusions. Right. And not saying, oh, well, that's Paul. Like she's just straight up observing very neutrally. Yeah, because she does immediately think to herself, what if that's Paul down there? And the Baron's like, nonsense. And then here we have her saying that she thinks Paul himself might bring down the structure built on his name. Yes. (laughs) I'd be so, I'd be so fucking pissed. (laughs) (laughs) He did all this fucking shit. (laughs) Yeah, but that does seem like he wants to, that's what he wants to do, right? Then she gets real snippy with Irulan, because Irulan is kind of, being a little dumbass. Yeah, she remembers um, like, yeah, yeah, because she just had a meeting with Irulan. Yeah, and Irulan's like, well, we'll check the presents. Why would we turn a present away? I guess she wants to make amends with her sister or, you know, House Carino. That was the idea. And then she says, we've lost the power to think well of ourselves, which sounds kind of white pridey. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, ew, we have to think about our dirty past. and like, Yeah. Like, I don't want to think about that. Can we be proud of ourselves and what we've done mm-hmm. here? So, yes, she's still kind of staring down at the preacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, and mm-hmm. she does think to herself that Irulan will have to be disposed of. This is another one where I do think that there's so many interesting details, but they're not all moving together. <laughs> and then the preacher comes in. And then, yeah, and then, we're, and then we're back to the preacher. And he says, I bring you four messages. This is pretty clear. <laughs> is for a certain person. <laughs> I was like, honestly, I'll, I'm will i going to take this blunt <laughs> use of exposition. Yeah. This first message is for Aaliyah. The mm-hmm. suzerain? I was not, I read this chapter. I didn't listen to the book. I didn't know this word. Oh, I had to I, look yeah, it up. I didn't know that. Suzerain. It's a sovereign or state having some control over another state that is internally autonomous. A, f- a, a feudal overlord. Like she's it's kind a stand-in like, for somebody else. Yeah, that's what it seems like. created the power system. Yes. Like, here's this whole power system. She actually has nothing to do with it. She's just taking, she's like taking care of it for a, a minute. Yeah, she's like, or she's just like, I rule this place, even though that's this place rules itself. Like they take care of they they, they take care oh, of themselves. Yeah. I but I I say I'm in control, even though I very have little little control. He is facing away from her because uh-huh. he points behind him toward her spy hole, <laughs> which is awesome. 
he knows that she's watching him <laughs> and he points right at her behind his back yeah <laughs> it is cool he gives her a pretty blunt warning which is you hold the secret of duration in your loins, <laughs> loins. have sold your future for an empty purse mm-hmm. which yep she made a terrible trade <laughs> yes yes she did yeah and then stilgar his warning is the most dangerous of all creations is a rigid code of ethics it will turn upon you and drive you into exile like any illusion that you might bring from in ways into the imperium is going to lead you to be exiled and then Aaliyah keeps thinking that she should have him captured right now but she's mm-hmm. like frozen in in her spot because she i think she knows he's right for Princess Irulan, humiliation is a thing which no person can forget. I warn you to flee. It looks like Aaliyah is thinking this humiliation is what just happened. Yeah. Because, yeah, because she's saying we humiliated Irulan. My decision was just made. Oh, oh, I see what she's saying. She's saying, why is he telling her to leave? I just now decided to have her killed. How did the preacher know? Um, oh, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And then his fourth message is to Duncan Idaho. Again, a character that we keep talking about, but we never, Mm -hmm. we still haven't met. Oh, Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) Do not believe in history because history is impelled by whatever passes for money, which is kind of like the history books are written by the dictors or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Duncan, take your horns. horns. Do what. (laughs) And do what you know best how to do kill (laughs) yeah so when he said i'll deliver duncan idaho is this what he meant he's going to just like again incept duncan idaho to make it think it's his idea to turn to house carino i like this Aaliyah chewed the back of her right hand horns (laughs) (laughs) horns (laughs) (laughs) then he preaches to the followers of maudib's priesthood the thing is here, he's preaching to them about how they should be following this manifest destiny, this cult, this religion. Um, they should be thinking for themselves, but he's preaching at them again. He has total power over the way they're thinking. So it's just the same thing where he feels like he's doing the same, like same thing, different, different wording and different angle. And then he says, you court the vengeance of the desert. It's which, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like, but I'm curious, does that mean that if they continue what they're doing, that Arrakis will return to, you know, a dune planet, a completely waterless planet? Or does he mean like the Fremen are going to get you? I think the first one. But it's kind of the same thing where it's just this charismatic leader. They're all like, it doesn't matter that he's preaching total heresy. That actually doesn't matter. They like it. (laughs) Right. Like whoever will just say anything with conviction or have an original thought people are like yes give it to me i love that but they can't do it themselves i just wonder if he's trying to actually dismantle what he regrets creating or if he's just trying to amass followers again so that he can use them to get back on this golden path why does he want (laughs) paul want come on like he already had his time on the golden path right He's got to get back. (laughs) And then he goes through these other four conditions for how to become a a powerful leader. Or no, how people in power retain power. Oh, is he trying to incite 
revolution mm-hmm. yeah totally yes a large populace held in check by a small but powerful force is quite a common situation in our universe and we know the major conditions wherein this large populace may turn upon its keepers mm-hmm. and then Irulan's like biting her nails and she's like oh like the <laughs> they do seem to want to do that and she's oh yeah. the signs were in her pot the signs are all there <laughs> yeah Poor Aaliyah. Like, she she inherited way too much. <laughs> the whole burden of running this damn empire. Oh, yeah. Aaliyah knew the popular riddle. Yes. What do you see inside the empty purse brought home from Dune? And the answer is the eyes of Maudib. And then in parentheses, fire diamonds. <laughs> I don't get this riddle. I don't get it at all. The eye- fire diamonds. <laughs> Yeah. So literal. It sounds yeah. like the most literal answer. Yeah. By like, adding oh, what's in, in fire this diamonds. Empty purse. <laughs> fire diamonds. Is it that the words of Muad'Dib or the prescience of Muad'Dib is more important than any spice or any material thing? Maybe. But why fire diamonds? Are the eyes of Muad'Dib, is that what they call fire diamonds so there's these things called fire diamonds and that they call them the eyes of Maudi because his his eyes were burned out with fire and turned into diamonds well i don't think his eyes literally <laughs> turned into diamonds well, but they call the these they call these diamonds uh, the eyes of Maudib because it's an his... empty purse right well that's the <laughs> riddle right so the riddle is the eyes of Maudib, but we don't know why that's the answer we don't know it yeah. Uh, maybe if we were smarter, we would. I kind of feel like we're just missing it. <laughs> it's just more of a brain problem. I'm just imagining someone listening to this just screaming at us. <laughs> yeah, just banging on their steering wheel. It's like, you fucking morons! Okay, if Fire Diamonds is very um, apparent to anybody, please. This please. is an actual plea. Like, I'm begging you to tell me what that what that means. So she essentially, no one decides to grab the preacher. She's essentially agreeing with Paul. She's like, yes, all he's saying is true. And then she says, have I lost my sense of timing? And that's when the Baron pipes up. What idle mm-hmm. speculation is this? Her plan is to eliminate Jessica. That may mean a kidnapping mm-hmm. and at the same time discredit House Carino. So Leto wasn't lying about that. Ultimately, I feel like she gets really sucked into the preacher for a little bit. And she's she does think, okay, he's on to a lot and I find it compelling. But then she decides, okay, that's fine. He serves this function of heresy, which is present in most religious societies. Like there's going to be mm-hmm. a heretic. And what you have to do with that is just discredit him and make sure he doesn't gain followers. Because she thinks in the end the preacher has a flaw, which we will find. I will have him spied upon, watched every moment. And if the opportunity arises, he will be discredited. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that thought is to appease the Baron. And if she's trying to hide. Yeah, it'd be great. Maybe (laughs) I'm way overthinking this (laughs) aspect of Aaliyah. I would just really like it to turn out that she's like wins this battle with Baron becomes a like a good person. Again. I am I really hope so. I really, really hope so. I don't want her to get fully possessed by the Baron and then, then have to kill her. And yes. Whatever. Yeah. Cause it's bad enough that he kind of made Jessica more of a bummer in this book mm-hmm. because 
she's such a badass in the first book. Yeah. And she's like got control. She's in control of everything. And now she seems kind of like weak and in a possible like opposition and, and kind of just a pawn right now. She's a total pawn. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it does seem like Leto is the only one with any real agency. Leto and the preacher, they're like calling all the shots. And the rest of them are kind of like, well, okay, like either they're totally weakened and being used or they're doing evil things. <laughs> so I would yeah. love it if Jessica had a turn or if Alia had a turn. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Yeah. I mean, I will say so far my thoughts are, well, there's still some like dense exposition going on right mm-hmm. now that's maybe not my absolute favorite. This is still more exciting than Messiah. Totally. Messiah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. I mean, I feel like yeah. it's uh, like there are just so many moving parts and it's pretty fun. And we're still really pretty not that far into the book. So, yeah, we're like less than a third, I'd say. Mm hmm. Yeah. So much can happen. Much, so much can happen. All right. <laughs> well, uh, we'll remind everybody once again. We'd love to get emails from you. Sand the podcast at gmail dot com. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Although I don't think more we or less. <laughs> I know. Uh, to we're be on honest, Instagram. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. We'll 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 put some more stuff on Instagram. So by the time you hear this, <laughs> there will be, be a post or two you can yeah. double tap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not our strong suit. Yes, this is this is true. But most importantly, if you like this podcast, we would love mm-hmm. for you to rate it five stars. Yeah. <laughs> on iTunes mm-hmm. uh, and do all those things that you do with podcasts you like. Mm-hmm. So until next time. Horns! Horns! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Is just a goodbye. Teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by. And feed them on your dreams. The one they picked, the one you know by.